Hello, dudes, dudettes, duders, and everything in between, and welcome to the fourth and final installment in our miniseries on L.A. Burlesque. Our guest today is Nikita Bitch Project, and like pretty much everything Nikita Bitch Project touches, this, this episode is entirely unique and entirely hers, and she will be all yours in just a moment, but first, some housekeeping Hello, welcome to the video edition. If you want to check us out on YouTube, you certainly may. Just look up Hollywood Fish, the Hollywood Fishbowl, and you should find us. Uh, number two, reviews. Those five-star reviews are coming in. I couldn't be more grateful. Honestly, these are worth more than money. Do not send money. Just send us some five-star reviews. If anything is less than five stars in your humble opinion, please reach out directly to me at HWFishbowl on Instagram and or Twitter, and I will do everything in my power to fix that issue. But let's give some love to the people who have given love to us. Today we are going to feature New Time Religion, iTunes user New Time Religion, that is. Interesting, yes. Insightful, yes. And fun, five stars. Thank you so much. Jesse plays host to very interesting young people making their way, but we're all young at heart, aren't we? Making their way in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles. That is a factual sentence, accurate description. The conversations are honest. Here we get into some opinions. Revealing, inspirational, you're welcome, and really fun to listen to, too. The guests are all on a quest to discover their potential. The the host as well is on a quest to discover his potential. And all of the episodes, parentheses so far, and parentheses, have been uplifting for me in my holdup. What is that? What, what what what's this so far like like uh, in the future they're gonna they're gonna slip we ain't slipping in fact you know what I would I would say just go ahead right now and listen to the episode that you're actually listening to in this moment to see just how far our interesting episodes go you won't be disappointed keep listening um some context on this episode before we dive right into it Nikita bitch. Project. This episode is going to start dark, and that is with this intro here. It's going to middle strange, and then it's going to end light when we talk about Nikita Bitch Project's experiences with suicide. Yes, that is right. It is going to end light when we get to the topic of suicide. Let's back up a little bit there. Now, I personally think about suicide a lot. Semantics, ladies and gentlemen, semantics. I think about suicide a lot. I think about doing it sometimes, but I think about it, the topic of suicide, quite a lot. Semantics are very, very powerful and very important when we're talking about these kind of things. It's like uh, back in the Lily von Stupp episode, which if you haven't listened to already, you should go back and listen to right now, where we talk about the difference between saying I am depressed and I am feeling depressed. It's it's the difference between autonomy, giving the depression complete control over you, or recognizing that it is an experience that you are having and experiencing. Experiences, as we all know, are fleeting. All right. Now, recently in the news, we've said goodbye to some very loved, very respected public figures and that is heartbreaking that's a tragedy i'm not i'm not trying to diminish that at all as as we go through this opening uh but i do want to celebrate it a little bit not for the loss but instead for for the wonderful uh dialogues that have been opened up since these suicides 
Um, always happy for more dialogue, more thoughtful dialogue, and that's that's right where we are now. So I'm I'm honestly invigorated by the whole thing. Let's talk a little bit about suicide. Why does it happen? Here's the best I can reckon on why people kill themselves. They they run an algorithm inside their brains by way of their their heart, and the the if the algorithm turns out the conclusion that um, their absence will cause less suffering than their presence, then it's time to be absent. I, that's what I figure is the algorithm going on in their head and the output that, that leads to suicide. Either, you know, I'm hurting so much or I've created so much hurt around me that, that my absence is better than my presence. Um, and let's, let's use that as the frame as we talk about some some old thoughts and some new thoughts that I've had while uh, thinking about about the recent the recent couple of suicides that we've seen. So the old old fashioned thinking in my uh, my own head was really a, a binary approach that there were kind of two camps of people. There are those who are diametrically opposed to the thought of suicide, and then there were those who thought about it often and did it rarely. Now, those diametrically opposed, I hate getting injections. I, I uh, Doctors have seen me, a grown man, cry, openly cry, knowing that the needle was coming towards my arm. And I mean, tears rolling down my face in, in complete anguish, that like that level of terror at, at an injection. And they smile through it. They laugh. And, they, and then afterwards, we can have a joke. But, you know, let's 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 be frank. It's humbling. Um, and, and this is how this reaction is how I reckon most people, most people respond to, to the idea of killing themselves. It's just full body panic, can't do it type of thing. And then there are those who think about it, who just meditate on this, this phenomenon, this kind of gift that we have as an intelligent species to, to stop existing if we choose to. It's it's a very unique gift and one that I think is underexplored, largely because the, the vast majority of the population is so fundamentally diametrically opposed to suicide. Like, if everybody felt the way I felt about injections, you can be sure that doctors would figure out another way to get that stuff into my bloodstream. In fact, you know, I'm kind of suspicious every time they're doing an injection that there are other ways to get it into my bloodstream. They're just trying to you know, get me in and out the door as efficiently as possible. But I digress. Let's stay focused. Let's at least try. Um, and then there are those who think about it often, who meditate on it, understand it, and don't do it, but sometimes do do it. And first, I'd like to to address the squares, the the sheeple, those who are diametrically opposed to, to suicide, those who are unhip to the possibilities um, what I'd like you to do, you don't have to consider suicide, but what I would ask you to do is consider that I have considered it from as many angles as I could possibly imagine. I think about it, I'm not exaggerating when I say it comes into my head daily. I've, I've contemplated it from every possible angle. I've, I've picked it apart and put it back together in my head. And if I ever do it, and don't worry, I don't, I'm not on the cusp of anything. This is not a cry for help. That's another problem is I think when people talk about suicide, it can be misinterpreted as a cry for help, which this dialogue right now that I'm having with you through your headphones or your speakers is not a cry for help. But if I ever do do it, 
what I would ask from you squares, you sheeple, is that you trust that I have thought about this thoroughly and that it is, was, and will be the right choice for me if I ever make it. Are we good? Are we cool? All right, hipsters, those in the know, those who get it. I want to tell you something about those squares, those sheeple. Uh, they, they don't get it. They, they won't, they, they don't get it, they won't get it, and they can't get it. There's nothing you can say. There's no series of words that you can feed into their brains that will give them the aha moment that will make them understand why you would want to end your life. It's just not possible to convince somebody. You'll never convince me that that needle should go in my arm. It's, I can't do it. I can't, I can't fathom that type of, of physical penetration. You get it. Um, so the thing is like, this kind of goes back to that algorithm that will turn out, uh, that your, that, that a, a suicidal person's absence will cause less suffering than their presence. You're fundamentally wrong. I don't agree with the squares and the sheeple, but when 99% of the population, whatever percentage it is, I just made that up, when they feel so strongly in one direction, you're, A, you're not going to convince them, and B, your math is so far off on the kind of suffering that is created when a person kills themselves. Like, your 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 algorithm is wrong. You've just inverted one of your... Uh, what are those things with the lines and the number on top and the the number on bottom, the divisionals, I guess they're called? Come on, math people, help me out. That's not my strong point. Um, anyway, they don't get it, they won't get it, and they can't get it. And uh, the short thing, is, short version, this is... Uh, this is fantastic. This is wonderful. This is how our species survives. If the majority of us could shrug off suicide as if it was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's, it's what they do when they're tired of living, then we wouldn't have survived. This is, this is, uh, not a flaw. This is a feature of our species. Are we good? Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about the, the new paradigm, uh, wherein I am not the center of the universe. What I mean by that is, yes, I do believe we still have uh, uh, the 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 majority, the vast majority of the population is diametrically opposed to suicide. The the thought is nauseating. Um, but I want to talk about the the minority. The as I understand, y'all aren't where y'all aren't on the same page as me. That's what I'm coming to realize as I do all the reading and all the listening on uh, surrounding these recent suicides is um, uh, it, it, it is not a considered act moving towards peace, usually. More often than not, it is uh, an, an impulsive decision, a panicked decision, a decision somebody makes when they are... So far in the corner, they can't fathom that there's even a room anymore. All they see are corners, and the only way out is down. Uh, it's just, yeah, impulsive and violent and just not considered and inconsiderate, I guess, is, is the best way to summarize all these thoughts as they mush together in my head. And I hear about this other this other phenomenon of people who try and fail or people who get halfway there 
and it's a maybe not the right term for it, but a, a friend phrased it this way, and it's stuck with me. It just kind of has been ringing in my head since I heard it. Uh, it's the phrase "buyer's remorse." So you know, ease 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 off the throttle. Double check your algorithm. Talk to people who don't agree with you and listen to them if you're feeling like you're in this corner. That they don't agree with you doesn't mean that they're wrong. And you might have to disagree with yourself, but that doesn't mean that either version of you is wrong. And here's where we get to, to a weird thought. And I wonder if you'll walk down this, this garden path with me. It's very winding and I'm not quite sure where it goes. But if you've, if you've touched that kind of, if you've been up to that edge of wanting to end your own life, like that's kind of uh, knocking some gear around. That's kind of a, like a perfect despair, like absolute Hopelessness, we've all felt despair, we've all felt hopelessness, but not not in these uh, perfect forms. And it, it manifests um, as like an, an alienation from the desire to preserve self, which I think is a rare experience in all species and pretty much one that only humans get to engage at a higher level. Uh, to, uh, even among humans, it's a very, very rare experience. And um, if you have something that's rare, you probably have something that's valuable. And if you're hoarding something that's valuable, you you suffocate it. You remove its value as as long. As long as you're holding it, it has no value. The point is, if you've felt this alienation or this perfect despair, isn't it your responsibility to share it with others who are also experiencing it and to share it with those squares and sheeple who aren't experiencing it so that they have a chance to understand better why people do what they do and maybe we can simultaneously reduce the number of suicides and also reduce the the, ag- the the anguish that surrounds a suicide not that there shouldn't be mourning but it i feel like the common reaction is a like the, the physical reaction is a full-blown panicking incomprehension of of what's occurred how it's occurred why it's occurred and Let's let's try to balance these equations a little bit more. That's what's been rattling around in my head. But uh, you know, wouldn't you rather hear what's rattling around in Nikita Bitch Project's head? Now you can. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Perfect. We are off to a wonderful start on this edition <laughs> of the Hollywood Fishbowl. My name is Jesse. I am your host. And today I am joined by Nikita Bitch Project. It, okay, that I was wondering if that is just what you call yourself on email, but you are the, not even the. You are Nikita Bitch Project. Yeah, that's my station. Okay, why is well? We'll break it down word <laughs> by word once this music. The music is almost done, and 
Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Hello, welcome to the program. Hi. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you feeling good on that? So I'm well, getting used to it. Okay. okay. That, th- there's a whole hour of this. So oh my god. Get ready. No, the music slows down. No. Uh, what What is the Y Project as your family name? Well, it's kind of long story, but yeah, I love to start with that because that pretty much explains why I am doing burlesque. Um, okay. Oh, uh, for the listeners that, hey guys, uh, first video edition, let's say hello to our friends. So if you're listening to this on podcast, you can go to YouTube and find these. Yeah, shimmy and shake. Um, This is our fourth episode in the burlesque series. This will be the final episode in the burlesque series. So thank you for coming on and rounding this whole program out. Thank you so much for Um, having me. You are a burlesque performer in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was the introduction oh, yeah, for sure. those them at sure. home. Now let's get into the project. <laughs> now let's get into the project. So um, I grew up in Japan. I was in Japan when uh, the earthquake hit the and tsunami, massive 11th. tsunami hit. Yeah, uh, it was March eleventh, two thousand eleven. Okay, um, let's let's go back before that. that okay. Let's go to your childhood. <laughs> Sure. You were, 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 here's a leading question. Were you born in Japan? I was actually not. Whoa. It's almost a surprise to me. <laughs> it's more surprised that I was actually born in Texas. Yes. Yo. Yo. Is that, is, that, <laughs> is that what they say down there? I don't know. I'm just making it up. So you were born in Texas. How'd you, how'd you land there? What's the... Uh, my dad was an engineer and he mm-hmm. was working for a project to build a telecommunication tower in Dallas to make international call possible. Okay. And then I think he was there for like five years. And during that, I was, you know, carefully planned to create. <laughs> so he, he, he engineered a human... Yeah. Well, he was in yeah, the Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> when we have this opportunity, why not? Like, was it like make a, an American baby? Okay, so it was <laughs> it was a passport, like a strategy to make sure they had one kid with them. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I was born during the time my parents were there. So you moved to to Japan. Where are you what tell me? <laughs> tell me. Yes. Um so yeah, uh, simply because my dad's project uh was over. So they had to move back to Japan. Okay. And I was only two or even less than that. And after that, like my dad went to the US like every now and then, but it was not really like a long term. Would you go with him or was that? No, he, he, I was. Okay. Yeah. I went to school in Japan. Uh, yeah, from like kindergarten to the university, like all in Japan. Like in Tokyo or? In my hometown, Ibaraki. Okay, Ibaraki city, or just it's a prefecture. It's like a, it's like a state here. Okay, okay. So yeah, well, um, to give more familiar idea yes. where I was, it was like I grew up in Orange County, which is like a an hour commute to the city of Los Angeles, but it's not technically Los Angeles. But people would say like. Here's what we're going to do. You translate for West Coasters, and then when you're done, I'm going to translate for East Coasters. Okay. <laughs> so you're going from L.A. to okay, Orange yeah. County. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Orange County. Okay. I often, you know, go hang out in Los Angeles City, but still, 
That's not my hometown. And then I went to the East college. East Coasters? Yeah. Go ahead.、Uh, that's like imagine Philadelphia is、uh, LA, is Tokyo, and kind of like Berks County、mm-hmm. is Orange County. Is Ibaraki. Yes. And then you'd go in, like with your buddies on the weekend, you'd go down to Philadelphia. It's an hour drive or so. Anyway, please continue. So, yeah. And then,、uh, yeah, I was in that Orange County area since、uh, kindergarten to high school.、Mm-hmm. And I went to the college in, I would say, the Bari,、mm-hmm. uh, which is Kanagawa, Fujisawa, King of Prussia, in, yeah. in East Coast. It's <laughs> is- slightly more city feel and it's definitely closer to the city, but still not technically、yeah. the city. Yep, yep, yep. King of Prussia, <laughs> close to Philly, nice location, busy, but yeah. Not, yeah. N- not, not, not Philly. And then, then I yeah,、uh, started working in Tokyo, which is, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I hope everyone knows of Tokyo, but it's like the, the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of our <laughs> listeners know, know Tokyo. <laughs> Where, where it is and what it means. Yeah. What part of Tokyo?、Uh, so、I started working in Shinbashi,、ah, which、okay. is、uh, like、a typical neighborhood for Japanese, tired, like exhausted business people. Totally business district. Absolutely、yeah. just high rises and office workers,、mm-hmm. salarymen. Yeah, salarymen. Pounding the, the caffeine yeah. drinks, yeah. The energy drinks in the morning. Yeah. That's. It's such an intense town. What were you、me. doing? I was in a production company and mainly dealing with TV commercials. Okay.、And、Japanese or? Yeah, Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Any, any famous brands that. that like any, any、uh, big projects that, that were、um, really cool? Maybe the biggest one was Uniqlo. Oh,、uh, yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, but.、Um, Yeah.、Uh, like,、think. what were you doing at that company? What was so your. So, I started as、um, a production management assistant,、mm-hmm. which is basically like modern slavery. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, like working for like 20 hours a day. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, Japanese. Seven days、media. a week. That is one of the big things. So, I've been working in Tokyo for the last 10 years,、mm-hmm. and then I moved to LA. LA is a union town where they have rules,、yep. and the difference of what a, what a work day in media in Tokyo is like to a work day in LA in terms of what you get paid, what the hours you work,、mm-hmm. the food you get, you're given. Just insane. Like, insane. I can't believe the difference. I knew it was bad in Tokyo, the,、mm-hmm. the way they abused their、right. media yeah, yeah. workers. I didn't realize how bad it was until I got here. Yeah. Well, it's also because, you know,、um, Japan is a very economically big country, but still it's not、uh, broad enough.、Uh, we have a serious lack of diversity in every way. <laughs> yeah. So that makes.、Um, Makes it easier for powerful people to stay in their position. And then we kind of can't really question our situation. Yeah. Like we were kind of trained to accept it as is. That is exactly why I came back, is because I,、uh, there's, I was hitting the ceiling. Like I couldn't climb any higher, right, really, in、right. Tokyo as a foreigner. It was just here's the limit, and、mm-hmm. you 
you're not going above that. We've already got a couple guys here and there. Right. The 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 diversity is it's a closed door situation. Now you as as an international human female, like how did that work for you? In in Tokyo, I mean, like um, in the company, were your ideas respected or were you kind of? I I would be very cautious all the time because um you know it's still Japan and America has kind of like a. a Weird power dynamics and oh yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. everything coming from America or coming from English source, they feel like they have to respect that they mm -hmm. they um they are still having a kind of like a complicated feeling about being unable to communicate with people in English mm -hmm. so. Like whatever I say from the point of view as a as someone living in America, living in the like English environment, can be considered something like, you know, oh, here comes the woman giving a lecture. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do sign? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean Uzai. <laughs> you know, all that. Americanized bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah coming yeah. here. She, she to, doesn't understand you know, Japanese yeah. culture. She, yeah. So I, I'll be very cautious, but also it's very kind of useful to have that sealed as an, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As an alien. Yep, yep. Like, um, so I, I do have Japanese legal name, but I go by Nikita everywhere to keep that sealed because, like, Surprisingly, people treat me in a different way when I, you know, name myself in non-Japanese name. Interesting. It's very interesting. When did, but... when did Nikita come to life? Like, so I, I how was, old were you when you found uh, your second name? So I was, uh, I was still in Tokyo working in advertising agency, but that agency was an international, actually, the U.S.-based mm -hmm. international. A creative agency that where like half of my coworkers are non-Japanese speakers. Yeah. So we basically call each other by um, first name. Okay. Unlike Japanese culture, we call each other by now, family these, names. Were but... these foreigners or were they non-Japanese speaking people of Japanese descent? Like. Ah uh, no, they are coming. Usually, they are coming from um, the U.S. Okay. Some of them are from Europe, but mostly from the U.S. Okay. Okay. So that um then so my family name is a little bit oh no oh wait so the my uh last name mm -hmm. is a really typical Japanese name that already were kind of taken by other <laughs> female workers there and it's a little bit confusing for non-Japanese speakers to call my uh first name mm -hmm. and and also my last name is a little bit hard to pronounce and and then just all of a sudden one of my coworkers sent an email to me saying hey nikita and i was like oh that sounds so me and then i sent an email to the entire company like uh, i mean um uh, from now on yes <laughs> i'll be nikita okay okay you're welcome to call me nikita okay and yeah that that was just like a magical moment like like yeah <laughs> suddenly i was given a new life as nikita 
congratulations. Which, yeah, which sounds so weirdly myself. Like, oh, that's I. How did I not meet myself, Nikita, up until now? Quick question, may I? Sure, sure. Okay, so you're going to school, elementary school, and junior high school, high school out in Ibaraki. Yes. How are you doing uh, English upkeep? Like, are you are you speaking English at home with your parents? No, not at all. Not at all. Just, um, well, um, people study English uh, at junior high school and high school. Yeah, it's it's like a man manly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've subject. I've done some teaching in Japan. I'm I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I was born in the U.S., like, well, my parents obviously wanted me to have the privilege yeah. to the maximum. So, well, they tried to kind of brainwash me that you're American, that you can be American. So that means you have to be really good at English. Really? But, yeah, well, my parents don't speak English that well. And then so... I, I think they wanted to raise me as a bilingual, but they mm-hmm. didn't have enough time there. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I was, yeah, just trying to study harder. Were they putting pressure on you in all areas yeah. of study, or was it just like you should be bilingual? That was the one thing that they wanted you to, to um, focus on. Well, they definitely have some high expectations in me, but I never felt that as a pleasure. Okay. I, I love to you know impress my parents by getting a good grade okay okay so so you're one of those kids a good good kid so you go you go to where in tokyo what's the i mean where in japan what's the name the for your college where is uh keio university oh yeah very famous thank you yeah Yeah, very well it's like an ivy league yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, what were you? What were you? What were you studying there? Was it media related, advertising? Uh, not advertising related, but it, I would say it's like a media communication. But also, um, my university is pretty new at that time. It's still new, but um, the Kyoto University is a very established, um, famous university with long history. But yeah. the uh, the department, the the, the actual college. Mm-hmm under the Keio University I went was um, born like 10 or 15 years before I entered. So that at the time it was still very new and what they were doing is very unique attempt where they gather all different kinds of fields mm-hmm. of um, academic study into one place, you know, from like um, politics to the internet technology to or even art, like yeah. everything in one place, and then it can blend each other to create something new. Like so, the students there were encouraged to create their own study. Okay. So that that's why it's kind of hard for me to explain what major yeah, yeah, yeah. I took, but I say media communication. It sounds like, like liberal arts, but liberal technical arts kind of like there, it sounds like there's a mix of, of Poss- technology in with the art. Possibly. Yeah. So liberal tech is what <laughs> I would call it. A, a, that I don't think that's a real thing, but it, so, so you graduate from KO, mm-hmm. move up to Tokyo mm-hmm. to Shimbashi, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long were you working in this advertising agency? 
So I started from this production company that was mainly dealing with uh, advertising, but mm-hmm. I was there for the, I think just two years. And then my boss at the time uh, decided to start his own company, but still under the group, like mm-hmm. still associated with that company. So, and I moved to that new company with him. And with my uh, team members. How big was the team? Are we talking 5, 10, 20? I was like 10. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. just like it was like a small company when we started. And so including that, I think I was in the production company for uh, four years, five years, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then I got headhunted by uh, an advertising agency and I went there and I worked there for a year then i moved to relocated to the u.s oh, okay how 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 were you feeling at the end of that six year stretch <laughs> so the um so well it was definitely like physically tough and yeah, yeah, very no um, high stress environment but at the same time the the thing that i really struggled was i couldn't really find my passion in advertising and I think advertising is creating what people want or making people want something. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's uh, just, just a, you know, um, okay thing to do. And that's how marketing works. But I just couldn't find it fun. I have a question though. So you're working in an office with 10, you've, you've been working in different size offices the whole time. Did you see anybody who would run into the office every morning? Like, this is, this is it. This is my dream. I've always wanted to be an ad man. Were there people like that? There, yeah, there were, there are definitely some. Okay. What kind of person is that person? It's like, you know, well, there are people who love it when they can actually, um, how I should put, like, convince people mm-hmm. and uh, when they could actually talk to the mass mm-hmm. and then when they felt like uh, they are making an impact on the society, that would be probably their joy and were you doing a lot like you, it sounds like you're just when social media is really starting to climb and become an important part of the advertising world were you oh, yeah. was that a, a major part of what you were doing with your company or were you more traditional like television advertising i started with um traditional media like television mm-hmm. um and plans but uh it was like 2005 that i started working in advertising and mm-hmm. also well yeah um that was when people called internet like um internet like 2.0 oh yeah no, like i remember new, that was the yeah, branding of yeah. it like you're gonna be editing video on in your browser now, right yeah and, and then yeah, when the youtube yeah everything is interactive yeah, was born and like it's no 2005 and, facebook is just starting to just like start, pick up momentum yes. it's launched already but it's it's moving from the college-only model mm. to the everybody model. Right, right. So, is, there's no Twitter, is there, in 2005? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. And we didn't even have smartphone at the time. 
Yeah, no, they're the, yeah. the clamshell, yeah. flip phones. <laughs> flip phones. So that's when the internet、um, started transforming itself into more like interactive platform yep, yep, for yep, people yep, yep, yep. to communicate. So, yeah, naturally, advertising followed that culture. And then, you know, I was just 20 something. Yeah. Like recently graduated from like highly tech、yeah. environment. So, yeah, I got some like weird time. Like, All the guys coming to me, like, tell me about internet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, so naturally, I started taking more、uh, projects that's mainly focusing on a、uh, website or like internet strategy. And I became a director and making a lot of websites. At that time, like, a website was the main outlet for. I have、know, a question. <laughs> brands. Go ahead.、Um, do you feel like you are a smart person? Haha. <laughs>、uh, I love to think that. Okay. But at the same time, I love to feel like I'm not good enough like, to keep improving myself in every way possible. Yeah, no, of course we should keep improving ourselves. But do you think that you are a sm- like, the, your level is average or above average?、Uh, it's. I definitely consider myself unique. Okay. Because I always try to、um, find a comprehensive way to understand the world or things. Yep, yep. yep. I just don't like just you know, accepting the, like, any definition that's out there. I need to like, digest it and then hopefully put it in my own words. That's what I'm trying all the time. So, in that sense, I'm definitely unique, but I'm not sure if that can that would make myself above. <laughs> So let's. I, I just <laughs> love asking questions that are yeah, impossible、on. to answer. Sure, sure. So, but, but you're setting something nice up here is you've got this,、um, this background in, in advertising.、Mm-hmm. Uh, no, at the end of the five years, no, like the passion is, is dead inside.、Right. The, mm-hmm. the, the candle is burnt out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.、Um, you're looking for the holistic approach. You want to look at everything from as, as many connections as possible of every issue. Why? Can I swear?、Uh, where I. Why the F did you move to <laughs> LA to become a burlesque performer? Okay, This、so、is like a complete, yeah,、okay. the... complete change in trajectory. <laughs> yeah, that, that's What... where my long story begins. Um, so, yeah, so in advertising, I lost myself. I felt like I don't know who I am. And、mm-hmm. I just really needed something that I like, genuinely love. Like, Did you feel like you knew yourself growing up or through college? Is this something that you lost in advertising or you never I think, had? I think I lost it. Okay. Because、um, I thought, oh no, I thought I had it. I had myself like,、yeah. up until like, very recently, but I. Can't find it anywhere. I don't even know what I want to eat today. You know, yeah, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of like、yeah. I couldn't find any desire in myself. And then, so I just really, and then, yeah, so、um, I was born in the US. So I knew that I had a citizenship here, but I never really tried my life in America. And then when I was like really lost in everything, I just wanted to give. Myself back,、mm-hmm. and then what I did was well, maybe like what 
did I want to do when I was little? Yeah. With like less influence by anything. That m- might be a very like genuine、uh, self. Of, yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, when I was little, I had a kind of like a imaginary list of my、mm-hmm. life. I, I want to I do this, I want to go here, like, you know.、Uh, How little? Like, like five years old, ten years old? Or not? Im- not really like a specific age,、okay. but you know, just, you know, generally, when, something that we all do when we、yeah. were、oh, little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, of course. And then I thought about it, like, what's, what's in there and what. Did I miss?、Mm-hmm. And then one of them was going to America. Okay. Living in America as an American citizen. So I was like, maybe I should try that out、mm-hmm. to get myself back to live the life that I used to dream. So,、um, but I didn't know where to go. And I just took one month vacation. From the company that I was walking at the time. And I just traveled every possible city of the US that I could. How did you, were you going、find. by car or by plane or what?、Uh, what kind, just, what did、uh, this trip flight. look like? Okay. Yeah. What so, were some of the cities?、Uh, were... LA,、uh-huh. San Francisco,、um, Chicago, and New York. Beautiful. And then it just, you know, I was just like. And one week in each city? Something like that. Yeah,、okay. pretty much. Like, yeah. So the four. The entire month, just、um, traveling around the country, and then when, wherever I felt something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move in. Oh, okay. That, that was my、uh, mentality back then. And then when I went to New York,、um, I first saw a burlesque show in New York, and that was like really, I feel like, oh my God, this is. Something I really like. Was performing on that childhood list? Stage no, performing, no, 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 acting, no, anything all, like not that? Not at all. Okay.、Um, so I just became a huge fan of Boresque when I. Who were your had, favorites? Who were. At that time, I had like no idea, but、okay. just, I, I just saw something really cool and then something that has everything that I like. Like,、mm-hmm. um, I love to dance and I love parodies and I love. Comedy and I love、uh, nudity. Oh, oh. Every, everything I love, <laughs> everything I love was there. So, and then, like, it was like such a refreshing moment to me. Like, oh my God, like, I finally found something I genuinely love. And then, so if I moved to New York, I could see something cool like this every week. And that's,、mm-hmm. that's awesome. Like, why not? Like, let's, let's try that out. And so, and then I went. Back to Japan because it was just like one month vacation. I had to go back to Japan. And then, but my mind was already determined okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit my job and then go to New York and just go to see burlesque shows and then, like, do something. So, still no idea to be a burlesque performer, no, just to watch the shows、yeah. and work at a b- coffee yeah, shop just, or something yeah, in New yeah, York so, City. Yeah, well, luckily, you know, I have no. Legal boundary yeah, to yeah, work yeah, there. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, I, I, was, I would find something yeah to pay my bill. But yep, yep, yep. No, there's work just, in any city. Yeah, there's something well, to just, do. I just needed to、um, be surrounded by something that excites me. Yep. So,、um, 
So I decided to go to New York, but I still had this job in Tokyo. So I went back to Japan and started much, getting are, ready. Sorry. Are you making、movie. money in Tokyo? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> was it, what were you making? Like Gojuman? Uh, Goju man per month. Yeah, yeah.、Okay. Oh, how you know? <laughs> how you know so precisely? <laughs> well, and I was only like 26 or 27 at the time. So it、That's、was like, it was like, really, yeah, it was a really、um, good rate. But you have nothing.、That. You're working seven days a week. You have, a, yeah, a friend、yeah. of mine, she was working for, I think, NHK doing set design and. The last time I saw her, she was in the hospital from just、oh, yeah. exhaustion. It's, it's <laughs> they work you hard. Anyway, so, well, you so go to, yeah,、um, yeah, you go to、um, New York. Yeah, started the, getting ready for the move. Yeah,、um, yeah. I told my company, yeah,、uh, I'm going to quit. And, and then the earthquake hit Japan. Oh, yeah. So, so when, I came back to Japan, like,、uh, I think the very beginning of 2011,、mm-hmm. and I still had a contract with the company until, until like May、mm-hmm. of that year. So, and I told my company, I'm not going to renew my contract. I'm gonna, okay, yeah, so you'll I'm finish gonna, out the、yeah. year, the year long contract、yeah. and, and go. Yeah. And then in March 11th, 2011,、mm-hmm. um, the earthquake and tsunami. Japan and that followed by a very serious、uh, nuclear plant、so、accident. Just like a little bit of the timeline for people. I was also I was in Tokyo when that happened.、Oh, It's、yeah. uh, the March 11th was the earthquake, the tsunami happened the same day.、Yes. Uh, the Fukushima reactors started overheating, and I think it was like three or four days、yes. later that、yes. uh, rea- Daini was、mm-hmm. it that, that exploded?、Uh, One of the it, reactors,、yeah. it was it two or three up, days like, later、yeah. that one exploded. Three or four reactors exploded. And then, yeah,、But. it was just this kind of week long, kind of the worst week of, I think, I'm sure the worst week of my life. I think、mm-hmm. anybody who was in Japan and not alive during World War II, that might have、right. been the yeah, worst yeah, week yeah. of their lives as really well. It was like we were under war. Yeah, yeah. No, I、it、just remember. That, it was that depressing. Every day. And yeah, we constantly went through the aftershocks like almost every day. That's, yeah, that's like, the thing. Every few hours. The first,、uh, on the 11th, it was every five minutes you were getting、mm-hmm. like a, at least a 5.0. Right, yeah. It was a really, really intense. Really intense. You know, I think Japan already had a really strong peer pressure、mm-hmm. and everything that.、Um, Like standing out is something risky that you don't want to do. Yeah. Like,、um, so that peer pleasure culture went really wild during that time. Like,、um, also, it was a time when like, social media became like, really common、yeah. in everyone. So the Twitter was always. Oh my God, yeah, such a mess.、Um, and so it was like the time when you were not even allowed to have fun. You're not even allowed to laugh. You're not even allowed to do what you want because it's inappropriate and it's because it's disrespectful. Yeah. That kind of pleasure, like whatever you do, even you, you know, work 
and volunteer to help、uh, survivors, you would be still criticized like, oh, you, you hypocrite, you know. That, so, whatever you do, whatever you say, you're always like, exposed to such a like, really strong pressure of criticism. And then, one, so I. Were you doing volunteer work?、Really? I,、um, I helped. I helped my friends who went to the Tohoku area that was、yeah. like, really devastated、um, area to、um, provide some supplies. Yes, yes.、Yeah. But I, I didn't like, really directly got involved in any volunteer work. But anyway, I was, I was lost to do, like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what to feel. And, and then one morning, maybe like for after a month of、mm-hmm. being kind of suppressed and yeah, yeah, yeah. me like depressed that、uh, one, one day I woke up to find myself wanting like dying to love like I, I really wanted to do something silly、mm-hmm. and like laugh it out、mm-hmm. and then I Remembered like just a few months ago, I saw something really cool, which called, which was called burlesque.、Mm-hmm. And that, you know, getting naked in public and like doing a parody and like laughing it out, like laughing the life out. That, and I was like, oh my God, I really want to do that. And at the same time, I felt like, but that's the last thing I should do now. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that, that could be like a super inappropriate thing to do right now. Yeah, but I, yeah. I'm dying to do that. Like what I should do. And then, so that like intense pleasure made me realize like laughter is something we need. Just like, you know, eat, sleep, having sex. That's like really natural desire. That we all have.、Yeah. And then, when you're in a very intense、um, environment that, you're, that you feel like you're not even allowed to love, it's, it's not healthy. It's not, it's not、yeah. what we are designed for. So,、um, I was torn. Like, I really want to do the burlesque thing to. Overcome this situation, but at the same time, I was so terrified by being criticized. Yeah, and、uh, like you've not done burlesque before. before no, 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 no. I was, yeah, I just literally saw it. Like, yeah, like it's not like you're taking a, a, a show that you have done in front of hundreds of audiences and you know it's going to be a slam dunk success. Everybody、no. will love it. <laughs> This is like. <laughs> This is like, yeah, this is like、thing. a girl who literally、yeah. just saw it for the first time yeah, like yeah, a yeah. few months ago, and, and just only one time. Yeah, and your, your first shows you want to do in front of the most sensitive audience、oh, yeah. in the、yes. most sensitive time.、Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, then, how'd that go for you? Well, so that, that's, that's why I named myself Nikita Bitch Project. And this, I thought this is a project of、yeah. myself. If I could be really fearless to yeah, do yeah, yeah. what I want to do, Even if you know, anyone criticizes me, or even if I'm called a bitch.、Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah, that's, so that's like a safety measure that you call the yeah, project bitch like,、yeah. to, to get in front of everyone else who might call you bitch someday. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, are you starting out with a troupe? Where, like, no, just solo. Where、um, are you doing your shows? Where are you getting booked? <laughs> no, I mean, it was not、are、even a burlesque like a, show、um, in Harajuku, you, just on the street no, doing no. burlesque. Do you know Hanami? It's like a, a yeah, Japanese culture. Of course, I know we, Hanami. Yeah, we, you know, no, we do.、Mm, so. So, the earthquake happened in March,、yeah. and then Hanami is usually happens while the cherry blossom yeah, yeah, yeah. is blooming, which is around like late March to early April,、yeah. usually. And then, like, doing that cherry blossom party is a huge culture in Japan. But at that time, like, there was a big、uh, conversation nationally if we should do it because it's kind of inappropriate or disrespect to, you know, party out when, yeah, people, when people are suffering. Suffering really, really badly up、yeah. in Tohoku. And then、yes. we should save everything we could. Like, we should save electricity, we should save any supply, like, we should、yeah. um, save that energy to focus on, you know, helping people. So, there was a big、uh, conversation in that company that I was working for at the time if we should do that、uh, annual you know, cherry blossom party or not. And then,、uh, so the company decided to use the、um, budget for the party to donate to、yeah. for the donation. But instead,、um, if we can like, raise money by ourselves,、mm-hmm. it's It's up to us.、Yeah. It's up to us to do the party. So, and I'm,、uh, so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the show so, to raise money. Okay. So, I actually did my very first burlesque show outside under cherry blossom trees, and it was even on the,、uh, the premises,、uh, the site of temple. So, it's just like really <laughs> super sensitive. <laughs> place to get naked. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was my very first burlesque show. How did your co workers react? I d- I've ne- They loved it. Okay, I've never worked in a Japanese company where a burlesque show was the Hanami <laughs> party of a co worker. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, how did that go? That was go? also、um, because、uh, like, half of them are not Japanese. Oh, okay, so okay. They, so it's easier for、yeah. them. And then the Japanese people can see them reacting、yeah. and say, okay, this is something then, that's kind yeah, of okay. Then, then our, one of the,、uh, the company principals was、uh, stay stupid. Stay stupid. Yeah, stay stupid. That, that's, that, that, was, that was the culture of、mm-hmm. the company. So they loved it. And I, that was、um, really reassuring to me. Like, oh, people wanted to laugh also. It was not、yeah. just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah We yeah. needed this. Yeah. Did you do shows after that in Tokyo?、Or? Not really. So, so I, that was the one that, that you was, came... Yeah, I thought this was this is going to be just one time project. Yeah. That, that's why I named it. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, so I、uh, finally left Japan, moved to New York actually.、Uh, that was July 2011, like three months after my very first burlesque show in、okay. Tokyo. So you get to New York City. Yes, finally. Yay. <laughs> so, and then I started watching、uh, burlesque shows as many as possible. And then naturally, I got really interested in what it really. Is about or what,、uh, the, you know, the history of burlesque or what they're actually doing on stage. And then I Googled,、uh, then I found out there's a school of、mm-hmm. burlesque in New York. And I, yeah, and I went there 
taking classes. At the end of the course of her breath classes,、uh, there was like a graduation show. Of course. That anyone can make their stage debut. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was really looking forward to it, but I was、um, casually dating a guy at the time who was supposed to、uh, join me in New York, but. Was he in、uh, Japan?、Or? No, he used to live in New York for a while. And then、uh, when we started kind of dating,、uh, he was on a like, he was on a, like, world trip. He was traveling around the world.、Mm-hmm. And then he was supposed to come back to New York anytime soon. And then, but he used to live in New York for more than like 10 years. And then he, Was kind of fed up with everything about New York. That's exactly how I felt about Tokyo. Yep, like he yep, really yep. needed like, a new place to start his new life. And then he was like,、uh, I think I'm gonna, I wanna try the West Coast.、Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to LA. And I wasn't brave enough to say, okay, so you do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing here in New York. Bye. I, if I was like brave enough to say that, I, was, I think I was still in New York. But I was really, you know, even if I'm a US citizen, it's, I never had、um, experience in actually living in this country. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I was full of anxiety and insecurity, and I really needed someone. I, I really relied on him. So. I decided to follow him、mm-hmm. to go to LA. So I missed the chance, missed the opportunity to make my stage debut in New York. You didn't even stay on, you're at the end of the course. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course, it didn't work out. And then we broke up in like after two months. What work are you doing here? Do you jump right into burlesque or are you doing like、so、coffee I, shop,、um, barista stuff? <laughs> Uh, when I was in high school, I found it really fun translating a novel. Oh, nothing is more fun. Me and my friends, we'd get together every Friday night and translate a novel. <laughs> <laughs> so that was、like、just an、um, um, assignment from the English class at the high school that I went.、Um, so、uh, everyone's in a quarter or something that the English teacher handed out. The paperbacks.、Mm-hmm. And then we were supposed to translate like by chapter by chapter. And I found it really fun. Wait, to... what were you translating? What was. I didn't, I, I don't remember. You、um, just enjoyed the process? Yeah, I just really、okay. enjoyed the process to. It's like, and I,、um, you know, translating is not really a mechanical, simple method. To replace no, one no, no. word into a different word. It's more like you have to really understand what it's saying and you have to find the best possible answer like, to not convey just, that feel. Yeah, not, not just what it means, but what it, what it feels、mm-hmm. like. That's the, the hard part of translation. Yeah, yeah. Is... It's, so it's really like a creative writing to me. Yeah.、Uh, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know where my life. Take me from yeah, there. Yeah. But I knew that I have to、um, follow my passion in translation and trying to make it make it work. But at the same time, I、uh, I don't know how my 
burlesque career can take off here. Yeah, yeah. But you're so, still interested. I, still. Yeah, yeah. Um, still, I was, you know, I was encouraged by my teacher, Joe Bibbswilden in New York. Like, when she said, oh, you should do it. Like, you should keep that project for a lifetime long. And so I emailed her if she knows anyone here in yeah. L.A. And then she got me introduced to uh, Lili Bonstock that of you course. interviewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's fantastic. She's, she's, fantastic. Such, she's yeah, so she's, sweet. So I started taking her classes. And then, then the, this time I made the graduation show. Finally. So this is your first time performing in front of a real audience yes, that yes, you don't like, know. Officially as a burlesque performer in a burlesque show. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. Not like yeah. London outside a temple. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not your coworkers yeah. at the office. <laughs> and it was a complete success. I, yeah, it was, yeah, I was welcomed by enthusiastic audience and that was, yeah, um, that was a great joy. Oh my God. Ta-da. Okay. Grab one, go for it. <laughs> what have you got? What was the dumbest mistake or Sneakiest thing you've done on set. Ooh, do you do a lot of filming? Are you working on set a lot or not really? No. So I would say on stage. Let's go with on stage. On my debut stage. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good time to make a stupid mistake. Oh, yeah, of course. What was the dumbest yeah. mistake? <laughs> um, before that, I had my very first plum shot, headshot, uh-huh. like burlesque headshot. Um, done like a very I don't know like even like a week before my debut stage mm-hmm. and then at the time I thought my stage name is really unique and I have to showcase that name to introduce myself so I had this um, artist friend come over to my apartment and paint my stage name on my butt, but okay. she like, I think this Nikita bitch project or just bitch project or just bitch. I forgot, but I think it was a bitch project. So anyhow, so I love stories that start with people writing words on other people's butts. But, right? Please continue. <laughs> so, and then I thought that the thing to me to, you know, kick off my career as a burlesque performer in the British project now. So I, when I uh, was making my debut stage, I thought I should do the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, writing bitch on my butt. Okay. But I had no idea what to use because my, uh, at the photo shoot, my artist friend blew some like nice cool paint yeah but i didn't have that cool thing so and i just randomly found something colorful and that was actually sharpie okay <laughs> and i didn't know the sharpie is kind of like uh it's not a temporary paint no 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 thing. it says it says permanent marker yeah. on the side you really yeah. have to scrub if you want to get yeah. rid of so the, yeah, the I to, yeah i had to leave, yeah i had to leave my uh, debut excitement time with the dumbest Sharpie writing a bitch on my butt for at least three days. Perfect. Yay. (laughs) 
Let's see what's <laughs> next. Ooh, ooh, this one. Ah! Imagine you are talking to yourself at 10 years old. So I'm not me. I'm 10-year-old you. 10 years old. What, what should your 10-year-old self know? What do you need your, your, child, your childhood version of you to know about the world? Um, I just wanted to hug her, hug that little girl and saying it's going to It's gonna work out. Okay. <laughs> it's it's you know it's not it's a little bit. Would you tell her to bit. to move to New York sooner, or would you say like do the six years, do the advertising stuff? No, um, I'm totally fine if my life had a different path, mm-hmm. as long as I find my way to make myself happy. It's really easy for anyone to forget, like, uh, it's, it's your life and it's, it's no one is living your life. So it's your responsibility to make it happy. Mm-hmm. And it's totally okay to focus on uh, your life being happier. It's, and then it, you don't have to live someone's expectations you don't have to leave someone's dreams. It's just like, seriously, it's your life. And then like, in a great way, no one really cares about it. So No, that's, that's the thing. When you realize everybody else is busy worrying mm. about their own emotions. Yeah. That just like, yeah, yeah. nobody gives a shit what you're yeah. doing, really. I mean, they, some people close to you might care. Nobody gives a shit what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare not do it because you're scared that other people will think you're lame yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Underprepared for that one. Let me try this game. Uh, <laughs> where's Come one of on yours? People, I'm... like more stripper-friendly questions. Please. Yeah, more stripper-friendly <laughs> questions. What is this? Oh, hey, here's one. Okay. About the hashtag MeToo movement. Anything you want to say? Sounds very familiar to me. I, I really like this one. Yours are, this is this yours. Is, yeah, this is mine. Yours are the most aggressive we have Thank in the bowl. Thank you. Thank you. Anything I'm you want to say? I'm too serious about no, it. No, no, no. It's, it's good to have someone it's, um, fanning the flames. It's great because I, um, recently, I was sexually assaulted and I'm still trying to process um and trying to find a way to do about it and then but i what i want to say about this me to movement is from that experience and from the conversation that i had with my friends mm-hmm. um i think the me to movement was not just about like let's um accuse people who violated you or like it's not it's not about a movement of accusation but it's all about um not making victims alone so you don't have to be a victim to join this movement so that's why i really need guys on the board with us you don't have to 
experience the same thing. It, it's not the essential thing to be a Me Too ally. Um, it's really important. So the reason why I'm saying this is, so when I talked about what happened to me, to my friends, uh, one of my very close friends um, did something that's kind of slightly victim blaming thing to me. And that I was, it was really hard. And I was also um, surprised by the treatment that I got. And that. Can I ask some questions? Sure. Like, what are the. Um, what what were the circumstances? We don't have to go into detail. Yeah. I just want some framework to understand so, what you're um, talking so, about. So yeah, uh, I had a dinner followed by some drinks at the bar with a guy that I know from work. Mm -hmm. But there's a power dynamics between us. Uh, and this is that, here in LA? Yeah, okay, yeah okay, okay. here in LA. Um, that, uh, so I was expecting something that could possibly lead to uh, like business advice or Um, career opportunity, but it turned out um, uh, he invited me to his hotel room and uh, I was dragged to onto onto bed and uh I was falsely hacked from behind and uh he kissed me with no consent at all. So that's that's the Yeah, that 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 that's what happened. I mean, I there's a lot more details, but yeah, just no, like no, a no, very I just what, like what a, makes it sexual assault is that. Yeah, the the thing is, there's so so many. I I just wanted like the a, a framing so we mm. can understand. There's so many different kinds yeah, of yeah, sexual assault. Sure. So many different ways it can manifest. Sure. They don't need any details. That's not the important information here. Yeah, well, I mean when. When we need to, like, uh, I don't know if it's the right way to put it. If we need to, when we need to, like, judge what what he's done to me and what means, like, what what he has to be charged, then we have to go really into details and then we have to, like, uh, really know what's really happened. But, and, like, um conversations with friends mm -hmm. we don't really need opinions or uh, judging the details 
you just need to have a compassion for whoever who's suffering for no reason like um so that the oh yeah uh so i talked to my friend about this and then she blamed me for going to his hotel room and uh she said she can't get it because she would never ever put herself into that situation that i understand i understand that makes sense but and but at the same time like every victim of any kind of assault or crime has definitely have some reasons to put that they were in that situation but then if we start by pointing out like what victims like why why the victims get that treatment it's not doesn't doesn't solve anything you know um we have to change the order like instead of pointing out the victims like why they got that but instead we have to point out whoever did that and like saying that's not okay that's the that's the first thing we need to do and i really want to and then if we it's a really long history of um the value and then culture and the system and that almost made us feel like it's unchangeable but it's not it's when we change our way of thinking and we just we like what we need to do is a very simple thing like don't ever um blame victims just blame the one who did it first things a lot a lot you, there's a lot in there there's a whole lot in there first of all things can change yeah i'm I, uh i'm looking at you and i'm thinking like my grandparents mm -hmm. were trying to kill your grandparents and your grandparents were trying to kill my grandparents mm -hmm. and now our countries are just the best friends in the world hopefully <laughs> but it, anything <laughs> can change like the amount our grandparents and great-grandparents were trying to kill each other during mm -hmm. world war ii and now, you know, I lived in Japan 10 years, you lived in America. Like, we just go back and forth now because anything can change. The idea that it can't change is ridiculous. It's yep. stupid. Yep. And if it can change and it can change for the better, then change it for the better. Um, what was the other? There was so much in there. You just, like, <laughs> you, you opened up every possible conversation. Um, yeah, no, there, there's... All you have, the only thing you have in this world is your body. Yeah. You don't have anything else. Your, exist, your ownership ends when your skin cells end. You get to decide what happens with those skin cells. Mm -hmm. That's all you've got in this world. So, yeah, no, the, 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 the idea that other people can just take that from you, that, that's when that's not right. That's all you have. That's all that any of us have is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you completely on that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Me Too movement is not just for women. It's not just for victims. It's just um, about people understanding what 
victims are going through and like be there for them. That's it. Just just having compassion. I think like the movement started with the idea like you've been sexually assaulted, me too. To yeah. try to bring awareness to mm-hmm. how common yeah, how the problem common was. was. Yeah. I wonder if kind of what you're what you're getting at is that maybe it's time to uh recontextualize the idea of me too like i'm you're looking for a solution Mm -hmm. me too like it make it more about the community looking for a solution Mm -hmm. than identifying how big the problem is the problem is very clearly huge i'm not saying that we need to move a spotlight away from the problem Mm -hmm. but maybe the meaning can also be the the community you're 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 trying to fix this me too let's let's work on this together maybe yeah, um, well, definitely, you know, that um, experience that I, um, I mean, I had had the same experiences of sexual assault a lot before, but after the Me Too movement, then it actually happened to me. And then that really changed my way to view this movement. It's not about just, you know, um, you know, let's get on the board and accuse anyone who no, assaulted no, 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 you. No, 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 It's more like, oh, and then, because it's like, well, let's say you're in a sports game and yeah. you are playing with your opponent, and but the opponent did something that's out of the rule. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did something or she did something. That player, something that was not okay on that game. Yeah, yeah. Then you want to, but... Well, let's say, but nothing happened and the game is still on. Mm-hmm. And then you want to just go to the judge, uh, the, the, is it the judge. Yeah, the, the referee. Yeah, the, the referee. Yeah. yeah. And did you see that? It was yeah. not okay, right? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then when you got, and then the referee said, yeah, that was, that was not okay. And then it's, oh, I'm going to give that player the, you know, the yellow card, yeah, like warning, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. So that's, how the healthy sports game should be done yes that's pretty much and then the me too movement is like i really want to have more people to say no that was not okay yeah 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 more referees yeah, that more are paying referees. attention yeah 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 because more the yellow game is still on and i like nobody sees what happened to me and then i thought that was clearly not okay that was definitely yeah. um out of the rule in this game that we are playing but so yeah i really need the, my like my whole team and the lifway yeah be on my side yep and saying yep, that yep, it's yep. not okay yeah can That's, we get playback on that yeah, yeah that yeah. was definitely a violation of, right, the, of right? the rules and then then whatever that is like according to what the player actually did like he or she has to you know, hold accountable. That's that's what I um, see the Mewtwo movement now. Yeah. After I Absolutely. was actually, you know, um, uh, yeah, after I actually became a victim. So, uh, yeah. there is no easy solution there is no easy solution but the only solution is everybody working together to not take away other people's self yes the thing you're not allowed to do is take away someone else's 
personal self mm -hmm. and if you're yeah that's and we all got to do it like it's not nobody's exempt nobody's above this uh, yes yeah and just don't blame victims ever like victims keep blaming themselves for like enough so there's no need for anyone else to add on to that yeah that's like a whole uh, that's a whole nother hour yeah. is the idea of yeah. the victim blaming themselves yeah. that's do you feel that way do you feel like it was your fault oh yeah um i definitely uh made a situation that uh make it possible so uh you know there are so many i shouldn't have kind of yeah feeling, yeah of course but at the same time like even still there's nothing that uh gave him the permission to do that to me also so. it's really easy to sit in a kitchen chair drinking tea and saying i would never let that happen to me i could never like it's really easy to when you're thinking and talking theoretically to be perfect mm. but the it's not perfect people like we fuck up like yeah. we just fuck up sometimes mm -hmm. yeah and and we fuck like <laughs> we just fuck up and let things happen that shouldn't happen. That doesn't make it okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's just so easy when you're not doing anything to say I would never make a mistake because we're not doing anything right now. We're not in danger. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a perfect driver when I'm sitting in the kitchen not driving. <laughs> yeah. Uh I kind of like I kind of love and respect you. Thank you. And I Thank think you. we're going to finish here. But I just I I don't know. Like isn't what? it like too heavy <laughs> ending? It's a very heavy ending and uh, all I can think is that I love you. It's it's all connected inside inside my brain. Like if yeah. you're doing burlesque and I like, like how you point it. to your heart and you call it your brain. <laughs> you're the first person I've seen do that. Right here inside my yeah. brain. Uh well yeah, I I'm a, I'm a huge brain believer. Mm. Uh, yeah, like doing burlesque and uh leaving my country, uh naming myself Nikita Beach Project and also and talking about me to movement. Uh, yeah. as a victim it's already connected but was that here's a this is a strange question so that was your first time to be sexually assaulted no um oh. i yeah i've been through similar things what a lot what's it like working in an office in japan is, is it worse better or is it it's so different like the culture over there is so different and what is well that's just how it is mm -hmm over there and yeah. that's just how it is over here mm. it's heavily misogyny environment i would say but i i can say it now because um at that time i had no idea if mm -hmm. that was you know appropriate thing to say or not um like you hadn't even read the rule book of the sports game you were playing at that point yeah and i didn't know the term of misogyny or you yeah. know, sexual harassment, anything like that. And then, uh, so I, I graduated from the university and well, you know, I worked so hard to get in to yeah, the school yeah, and yeah. I worked so hard to get a uh, great, great there. And then I, yeah, I was really self-confident 
And then, but all of a sudden, in the advertising, the, the very bottom line of the industry is such a man oriented, toxic environment. Then all of a sudden, you started treating, being treated like a, just a female body, yeah. just a body, yeah, like living yeah. body creature. So that definitely destroyed my uh, dignity. And that's probably ended up heavily in mental illness. But what, what was, how did your mental illness, is it depression or is it depression? Like what, um, how do you experience depression? So. I was suicidal all the time and I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat I I was always like well I I could start crying in any minute like mm -hmm. are you still do you still experience it or no, um, not like not I, like then I think I experienced the very bottom Okay. of it so that gave me a confidence but at the same time it's always a, like a fear that i could like anytime i could you know um yeah fall into that darkness again yeah 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 no once you know that you can do it once mm -hmm. you can do it twice three mm -hmm. times four times but yeah i now i feel like only everybody pretty much everybody has some issue was their uh, mental health. Yeah. So it's not, so I, at least I still don't know what really can help people who suffered from mental illness because I'm still kind of like um, struggling at times. But so now, you know, and then this past week, you know, this week, well, you know, mm -hmm. we, we had uh, a lot of news coming in about the celebrities' um, suicides. Have you ever been suicidal? Have you ever considered that? Yeah. How, um, how would you do it when you when you picture yourself? Like what, uh, rooftop or? I, so, the suicidal thought was like, it's not really like, you actually wanting to kill yourself, you just want to mm -hmm. end it. And you just um, you just want to uh, escape from the situation that mm -hmm. caused so much pain to you. And But you don't know how. You don't know how to end it. Like you just, it's like the feeling that you don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I was suicidal, but I didn't know like the actual method yeah, okay. <laughs> to commit suicide. And, but I, uh, I took a train to commute. So I was always kind of struggling not to jump into the railway. Yep. It would be very easy. Yeah. It's very easy. And it's right there. Yeah. Everywhere. Yep. 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 So like, um, temptating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is my story, how I kind of got out of the long dark tunnel and 
slowly getting back my sane with. So one day, I was really suicidal and I thought it's, it's gonna be the real last day of my life. But I didn't know how to end my life, but I knew that it's gonna end tonight.、Mm-hmm. And then I took a train to Odaiba, which is like an artificial island. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know why I choose that. Well, you have the rainbow bridge but, there. That's but, a... So, yeah, again, without no specific idea、mm-hmm. of、um, committing suicide, I just.、Um, <laughs> you just knew that's where you wanted to die. Was so yeah, I just found myself taking、island. a train to that island.、Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. So, anyway, so I went there, and then,、uh, you know, it's, a, it's an artificial island, so there's like a beach.、Uh-huh. And then. And I was like, maybe I don't know, I'm gonna go into the water, or I don't know what this is, some building, I'm just gonna jump it off of that. And I, I, and I got lost, and I, when I realized I was right in front of the pet shop,、uh-huh. there's like a huge、um, shopping mall yep, yep, yep. that's connected to the station.、Yep. So I was kind of like wandering around without no idea what I'm gonna do. And, and I just yeah, realized myself like standing in front of the huge pet shop. And I,、uh, it was kind of like dragged me into it, like it dragged me inside the store. And I just、um, unconsciously almost、mm-hmm. like、uh, wandering. Around the store, and I found this kitten in a、uh, transparent cage yeah, thing. Yeah. And I just kind of <laughs> stared at it. And I was, you know, oh, it's this kitten that's moving along. And that kitten was so out of control. Like, <laughs> he or she, I don't know, but that kitten was doing something so silly and good. Like, Acting wild,、mm-hmm. and、um, I, I think that was、um, like chasing its own tail and then fell in all inside the little box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I saw it, I like for the first time in a while, I laughed. I laughed it, and I was. And then that, that moment, I was like, oh my God, like, I love it. Again, oh my God, where am I? Like, what am I going to do now? Like, why am I here? And it's just all of a sudden, like, it kind of like switched back to my normal self. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the laughter really like woke me up the、mm-hmm. night. And the, the laughter was,、um, you know, blown by the、uh, silly kitty that who can't really control its natural. Desire, you know, like、yeah. when you're like heavily depressed, like you're out of like natural desires, and like you can't really you can't laugh, like you can't uh cry, you can't get angry because it's really you know natural reaction to anything. But when you're depressed, you it's like you're losing that connection. That yeah, when something happened, you're supposed to laugh. But that connection that like, conveyed the information, this is the you know, situation that you want to love, 
that's that's kind of broken. That's not functioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that kitty was easily brought me that function yep. in my brain, and yeah. I yeah, and I laughed, and I like suddenly woke up, like oh my god, like why I'm here, like why that scared the hell out of me, and I oh my god, so the people who committed suicide were not really thinking about killing themselves. Like, it could happen when they were almost unconscious, not knowing what they're actually doing. Yeah. But yeah. there's a desire and a, like exhaustion like of wanting it end. Yes. You know, like, yeah, cats. Cats and laughter. Uh, my savior. Let's close. Oh, oh do you want to ding it? <laughs> you, you, okay. That that brings us to the end of the program. Uh, that was. Uh, we have some music right now. Is it okay? Thank you. Sure. Just want to say a sincere thank you for listening to the Hollywood Fishbowl. You change your tone. I have. <laughs> I'm Jesse, uh, the host of this program. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can find us on Instagram at HWFishbowl. We're also on Twitter at HWFishbowl. And if you want to find us online, you go to sunshinepicturesllc.com slash, you guessed it, HWFishbowl. But it's not about us. It's about the guest, Nikita Bitch Project. Where can we find you? Uh somewhere in the world <laughs> okay no follow-up questions that's enough twitter instagram i'm on instagram and twitter uh yeah i, I try to keep my information up there so yeah okay. would you like to tell us what the at what what your handle is your name on twitter so people can find you <laughs> <laughs> and the information uh, yeah my my handle name is at nishiki.com n-i-s-h-i-k-i-d-o-m but you can also just search Nikita Beach Project I'm pretty sure that's not, really... there's not going to be many of those yep. you'll probably be ranked high and then yeah if you see uh, Asian girl doing three things that's me yeah alright goodbye bye <laughs>